For any aspiring sportscaster or radio talk show host, you want to listen in because today I'm bringing on a guest who has many years of experience in this field of work. Through his story, you're going to learn the tips and tricks on how to be successful. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boo! Thank you so much for joining in on another episode of The Game Time Guru. As I mentioned in the introduction, I've got a great guest today. But before I even get into that, I wanted to tell you why I brought this guest onto the show. See, during my last year at Boise State University, this individual came to one of my classes as a guest speaker, and he told his story. And after we talked with him and, and interviewed him throughout the entire you know class, he actually was the main reason that I started this podcast. It was through that discussion that I gained the motivation, I took the notes on where I wanted to go with my career path. He is a huge reason why I started this podcast and why I continue to move forward trying to get to my ultimate goal one day. So I hope you enjoy our discussion today as much as I did because my guest has been known as the Idaho Sportscaster of the Year, voice of the Boise State Broncos, Mr. Bob Beeler. So listen to Bob's story and hopefully you can take something out of it because he's dropping knowledge for you to be able to succeed in this field of work. Take a listen. Bob, thanks so much for joining the show today. You're welcome. Appreciate it, Shane. Thanks for asking. Part of what you do is play-by-play announcing as well as you know hosting a radio show. Can you kind of give the listeners an idea of what your day-to-day is like? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, I think it kind of depends on you know what day of the week it is. Uh, some of the things that I do for my Boise State job include on Mondays we record the um, television show that people can see on Channel 7 inside Bronco football, and that's put together by others that edit it probably sometime on Tuesday, and then it airs Wednesday night at 6.30. I have a Monday and a Tuesday show on KBOI at 8.30 in the morning that uh, we talk about football or basketball on Mondays, and Tuesdays we do interviews with the Olympic sports teams, and of course, there's a weekly coaches show that airs Thursday nights during football season and during basketball season about the the two sports that people can listen to, and that airs on both KBOI and KTIK at uh, 7 o'clock on Thursday nights. And then, of course, there's getting ready for games, which this time of the year is both football and basketball, so trying to be two places at once this weekend, you can't do. So Chris Lewis, who does our women's games, filled in for me on the men's games, in South Carolina as I couldn't get back in time after, you know, two of those games to uh, call the game for Air Force. And then, of course, you know, the football or men's basketball, as I mentioned. And then uh, weekly, Monday through Friday, I'm on the air from 1 to 3 at KTIK doing the uh, uh, Idaho sports talk that goes from 1 to 3. So, yeah, it keeps me busy. And then, you know, all the prep time that you're getting set to do each of the, you know, game broadcasts. you got to know about the teams you're talking about. Yeah, and about that, the the prep time that you just mentioned, how long do you think, we'll start with football, how long do you think it takes you to, to truly get fully prepared for a game when it comes to football? Well, I start on Sunday making my charts, reading things, and then I probably watch a couple of games during the week. Um, I would think you're probably prepping at least 15 or 20 hours for uh, 
you know, one game, I would think. Just watching things at night. And, you know, a lot of it's by osmosis, you know, where you're kind of watching things and reading things and looking things. But probably 15 hours is probably a good good guess. Probably two or three hours, you know, on Sunday. And then maybe 15 high now that I think about it. Maybe 10 or 12 as you're getting ready for it. And then some of the time, you know, you spend doing interviews and, you know, the kind of things kind of go back and forth. So um, something that you might use for the radio show, you might also use for the game broadcast as well. But uh, way more hours of prep than the actual game, I can tell you that for sure. Oh, for sure. That See, and, and I think it's funny because you came to my class last year at Boise State University, and I've also seen you, you know, on Twitter just this last week or two, you, you posted your your, uh, your charts that you put together. You kind of take the uh, old school route in a sense, I should say, and, and you kind of handwrite them. Like it's a handwritten chart. You have everybody out there. You got all their stats. You got their height, their weight. What's their stats? What's their year? All this. Is there a reason you prefer to do it that way rather than maybe doing it all on a computer? Does it help you remember things better? Well, it does because, well, first of all, it's the way I've done it. And back in the 80s when I started, you know, you didn't have computers. So I guess I have started in the dark ages. But for me, I remember things when I write things down. And I will remember something much more that I write down. And then I also, and I'm sure I could get the computer to change the colors. But I write it in different colored pens. Like green means this year. Brown means last year. Red means team stats. Um Different colors mean different things. So um, I don't know. It's just easier for me. Uh, you know, I think I would probably struggle. I'd probably take more time trying to type it in than I would writing it in. And I could read my own writing. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm the only one that has to read it. So it's just something that I've done for years. And I don't know. I'm just not going to change at this point. I know most of the younger guys that are in the business, you know, do things on the computer and they type it up and it looks pretty neat. And, Mine probably doesn't look as neat, but it does the trick. No, it absolutely does the trick. That's why, you know, you've had the the awards, the Idaho Sportscaster of the Year. You've had, you know, you're known as the voice of the Broncos. You're pretty well known around here, so it obviously does the trick. It it works. Um, you're really good at what you do. Real quick, can you touch base on basketball preparation? We've talked about football, but just real quick on basketball. How long does it take you to prepare for a basketball game? I know it might be a little bit more simple because of the amount of players on the roster, stuff like that. It's not as in-depth, but just real quick for the sportscasters out well, there. How long absolutely. Is that? I'd say probably, you know, there's two basketball games in a week. You probably can prepare for two basketball games in a week in less time than it would do for one football game. And you hit the nail on the head. There's maybe 15 players on the roster, and of the 15, maybe 8 to 10 are going to play. And the other thing that makes it, you know, I mean, individual things to say about Brett Rippon or Chandler Hutchison, it's going to take as much time to make your notes on what you want to say about a football player or a basketball player. But the biggest thing with basketball is you can see everybody's face. And you're sitting there. So right. people look different. You know, so maybe somebody's got long hair. Maybe somebody's got short hair. Um, you know, maybe somebody... I don't know, it was real tall, real heavy, or real thick. It's, it's easier to see who they are. So trying to figure things out isn't as big a deal to know that Chandler Hutchison is number 15. I mean, I know he's number 15, and somebody might look for him as number 15, but I'm going to be able to identify somebody much quicker by what they look like, not what the number on the back of the jersey says. And then it's the same thing for when you're getting ready for another team. I, I like getting – in addition to all the bio notes, I like to get a, a picture of what somebody looks like because sometimes they'll change numbers or sometimes you can't see the number. And if you can see the person's face, now none of that works in football because you're way upstairs, you know, and you're, you know, everybody's got a helmet on, so it's much more difficult to tell who's who. So it does. Football is a lot more difficult. They can change 
you know, from play to play basketball, they have to stop the game to change. So that makes it a little bit easier. You kind of get a wake up call when somebody might be in the game. I and mean, all of a sudden in football, you look out there and there's somebody new playing on defense or somebody new at wide receiver. And, you know, number 83 is catching the football. You know, if you're not ready for who number 83 is, you might, you might have to scrounge and look for, you know, roster or something of who it is. So that's why you got to have all the numbers memorized in football much more so than basketball. Man, so it is pretty pretty detailed, and each sport is you know specific to its own. It's 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 awesome. It's a skill set that you have to have for each one of them. And obviously, you didn't just arrive here as like you know the voice of the Broncos. You didn't get these awards. You didn't just arrive here. You started somewhere. And when you came to my class, like I said, at Boise State, you kind of showed us you know you told us about your journey and where you started. I'd like you to expand on that. Where did you start? Like when when was the first time you actually started you know calling games? Well, I, I had a, a luxury that our high school had a campus television station that that aired out over the community on cable television so I started my broadcasting career as a high school student it was something that I thought I wanted to do and then had some success and then my first job that I got paid for was as a junior our high school made the Northern California playoffs down at the it was called the Oakland Coliseum now I think it's called the I mean then I think now it's called Oracle Arena but it's where the Warriors play their games and they had the Northern California championships and the radio station wanted to carry the games and they had known that I had done the games for the team on the campus station so they called me and wanted to know if I would you know be available to go down and do the games from Oakland for them so they gave me their equipment to do it got down to Oakland and did a couple games down there in the tournament we won the first game lost the second one and it was a lot of fun and I guess I did a good enough job because when I came back to next year they wanted to know as a senior if I'd be willing to broadcast their game of the week and, and in town there was a there were five schools in the town that I lived in there were two to the town to the north and one to the town of the south to make up the league and that station did a game of the week so we did you know various games usually whatever game was the best game we did of that week and that's kind of how I got started and then after the football season in the fall I did the same thing with basketball and in basketball season there were two games a week a Tuesday night a Friday night game so I got a lot of experience in high school and felt that, you know, heading to college that I was well in front of people who just thought about getting into broadcasting as a, as a, you know, as a college student. That's awesome. So you started at a young age and then it transitions into college. Uh, What was the college career like? Did you go to school specifically for that field of work? Yeah, I did. I, I looked, I looked at different colleges and decided that I wanted to go and I grew up in California Stockton, California, but I wanted to go to a school with a big-time athletic department. I wanted to go to a school that had a really good broadcasting school. I wanted to go to a school where the weather was warm. So I ended up coming out. I wanted to go out of state, see something different. So I ended up going to the University of Georgia, and while I was there, I did the radio broadcast for their baseball and their women's basketball teams. Oh, man. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, a lot of great experience. I'm sure. And that's a, probably a big difference from Stockton, California, out to Georgia. To Athens, Georgia. Yes, it was. The question I got from several people when I first got to Georgia was, did I own a surfboard? That was a question that they wanted to know. Oh, that's just... <laughs> and, and now Stockton is probably a good two hours inland. And, you know, I'm not living on the ocean, not on the coast, but that's what a lot of people there, you know, associated California with life on the beach. And 
Stockton to Valley Town Inland. So, no, the answer was no. I did not own a surfboard. <laughs> For sure. Hey, they never know back there, though. That to them, like you said, they assume that California's all on the beach. They don't understand there's stuff that's inland. So. Maybe I was in better thought of it if I said, oh, yeah, I surf all the time. You know, <laughs> Maybe I was stupid there. <laughs> nah, I think it worked out, but no, I get what your point is. Um, so, so you're you, you finished school, and um, one of the things is is if you went to Bucknell, Bucknell is a place that you stayed for many years as you know for your main job. Can you explain how you got to Bucknell? Well, there was actually one jump between graduating college and Bucknell. I worked for a year and a half as the radio voice of the Chattanooga Lookouts. It was the Seattle Mariners Double A baseball team. And enjoyed it, but minor league baseball is kind of tough. You're on the bus all the time. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of like the collegiate atmosphere better. So I was there for a year and a half and then set out cassettes. And I'm sure maybe, maybe you've seen them, maybe you haven't, but it's this little thing with tape that has two little reels inside it that moves it back and forth. And I mailed these out to a whole bunch of small colleges trying to get a job calling college games. And I got a bite out of Bucknell University. They were going into a new league and they were looking to expand what they would do on the radio and did an interview on a phone with them, never met them. Uh, They hired me. I had a football only contract and I turned it into a 13 year stay. So uh, it was a great experience, Uh, a smaller school, FCS, uh, school that does quite well usually in basketball, not hasn't had the success in football that they've had in basketball. And it was just a great experience where you could go and be, you know, the voice of the school. We did all kinds of sports there, not just, you know, football and basketball, but did women's basketball, did some soccer, did some lacrosse, did some baseball, did some softball. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of them. They, they had a ton of sports there. I'm sure I did more than that, but uh, those are just some of them off the top of my head. But it was a great experience. And, you know, in there I had to sell the advertising to get us on the air. Um, you know, work with different things. I started the television show that we had once a week during football and basketball seasons, was in charge of that. So I think, I think the best thing about being there, besides meeting a whole lot of good pe- good people and having a lot of fun, was I did about everything from the, you know, putting together the TV show in the background, you know, uh, you know the editing, the making the arrangements together on different channels that would carry the this, this show, to doing the same thing with the uh, basketball and football broadcasts. So uh, it was tremendous experience, invaluable experience, and you know wouldn't trade it for anything. That's so awesome. You basically had all these tools in your arsenal because of that experience, where you got to cover everything. You pretty much did it all in one. Whereas nowadays, like they kind of hire these people to do this or that, but you got to have the experience in all of them. Some would say it's a blessing, and some would say it's annoying. But just like you said, I th- I'm sure it was amazing experience that you can take with you way down the road. So it is. It is beneficial. The more things you could do, you know, and, and you get an opportunity to, you know, gain experience. And and I and I know that I. I mean, I know I've improved in the ten years I've been here in Boise. But your improvement comes so much more earlier in your career than it comes in the middle of the late stages. You, you kind of polish things up later, but you know, when you're 22 years old and you're getting a job doing games, you're going to get so much better more rapidly than you are, you know, after you've been in the business for 20 years, not saying you can't improve, but the first few years you just improve tremendously. And you mentioned you've been here for 10 years now in Boise. When you, when you heard about this job out in Boise, did you know anything about Boise, Idaho? I know you're from California, but had you been here? Did you know anything about the school besides the blue turf? I had been to Boise three times. I'd covered two NCAA track championships 
and I had come with Bucknell. We had played in a tournament that they had. It was called the Albertsons Classic. Uh, Bucknell played in it one year in the mid nineties. I want to say it was either ninety four. I think it was ninety four. Might have been ninety five. And we were here for you know three days for that. And we were probably here for the track four days, maybe five tops for the track championships that I've been to twice. Funny thing is when I applied, I kind of didn't apply in the sense that <laughs> there was a job opening at Virginia and the same people that were helping run the search, helping the two schools find somebody were also running the boy, helping run the Boise state search. So, I didn't know there was going to be an opening in Boise because I'm not, I'm, I'm working at UMass at the time, but I know there's an, an opening at Virginia. So I send my stuff in to this company and I get an email back asking me if I want to be involved in both searches. You know, do I want my stuff included for Boise State? Because I imagine maybe some people that were in the West maybe didn't want to go to Virginia. Maybe some people in the East wouldn't be interested in coming to Idaho. I'm thinking, sure, why not? You know, I mean, I had known that Boise State had, you know, played in the Fiesta Bowl, won that. And then when you look over their, um, you know, records, especially in football, you know, not that you're expecting them to go to the, uh, you know, Fiesta Bowl kind of things every year, but, you know, you look at it, you think, wow, they haven't had too many losing seasons. It looks like they're pretty good. So you come out, you do your research, you interview, you like the town, and then you're fortunate enough that you, you get a job offer, and now it's time to decide, do you, you know, move to Boise or do you stay in Massachusetts? And, I decided to make a move west, and it has been tremendous. And, and I must say about football, I mean, the first four seasons I was here, the team's record was 50-3. and three. Uh, Kellen Moore's first game was my first game. I think more people will remember that it was his than mine. But, uh, you know, you have a lot of fun and a lot of, you know, pe- people that are listening are certainly more receptive to listen to you when your teams are doing well. So I, I imagine that, that my fans were more excited to hear the end of the Colorado State game last week, then, you know, somebody from Colorado State, I had more to work with. My team came back and won. So, um, you know, I mean, that's all you could hope for is that you get a good group of coaches and players to work with. The fan base likes you, and uh, you get some good games to call, and I've certainly hit a home run on all of those here. That's so awesome. I'm glad you, you're here because I think the entire Treasure Valley and the rest of Bronco Nation, they they love you. So they want you to stay here. They're glad you're here. You're one of the best play-by-play announcers I've ever heard. So stay here. Don't leave. It has been a tremendous move for me. I mean, I it, it turned out much better than even I could have hoped for. So that, that's been uh, that's been great. And then, you know, I expected something out of football. And then when you look at what Coach Rice has been able to do in the last eight years here, um, the basketball team, I think, is, you know, I don't want to say hidden gem because I think people know it, but I think the basketball team is, is one that deserves a lot more attention and a lot more following than they have been getting in, you know, in the last few years. I mean, this is a team that has started out 4-0. They could win the Puerto Rico Classic played in South Carolina if they win on Sunday against either Iowa State or Tulsa in the championship game. So uh, this has been a really good run for Boise State athletics in all sports, and I think you know, the school, the fan base, the athletes, the coaches, everybody deserves to, to relish in it and, uh, you know, take some credit for it because it, it's everybody that, that makes it go. That's so awesome. And it's cool that you get to be a part of it and that we're all a part of it. It is really cool. It's, it's really unique when you get to see both sports 
flourishing, both of the main sports, I should say. Uh, a lot of schools don't have that. Boise State didn't always have that either. There's been a time back in the day where it was just basketball that was good and football was garbage. Then there was football was good and basketball was garbage. Now we're getting to see a mix of both for the last couple of seasons, and a lot of it has to do with the coaching staff, like you said. So it's really exciting going forward. And then now, you look at a lot of the success that the Olympic sports have had. I mean, look at this weekend, cross-country is in the NCAA championship. Both teams made it. You know, volleyball last year not only goes to the NCAA tournament but wins a match. I mean, you know, and you get knocked off by the eventual national champ Stanford. So, I mean, there, there's just been a lot of success. Tennis has done well. Um, you know, other sports have done well too. So it's it's been it's been a good good run for Boise State, and they've done it across the board. For for any aspiring sportscaster. Um, they know that you have to have a lot of tools in your arsenal. You kind of explained that when you went to Bucknell and you had to do all those things. Um, what would you say? It can be a little overwhelming, but for anyone who wants to just start, what would you? What advice would you give them? Well, the first thing is get in there and do it. You have to be able to, if you want to call games or you want to be on a talk show or you want to do reporting or whatever you want to do, it's a, it's a skill. It's like playing an instrument. It's like playing a sport. You are not going to be good without practicing. So you need to just have reps, and that means calling a game or doing a sportscast or doing a show. And even if nobody's hearing it, even if it's not on anywhere, do the reps. Get better so that you can turn things into people, let them listen to it, let them critique you, and then, and then share it with people that might be in a position to hire you for something. So to me, it's all about experience, and then when you, you're doing things, you know, your preparation, you've got to be, you know, prepared and ready to go to seize the moment when you're on the air, when you're calling the game, when you're doing the show. But I think the first and foremost thing, if you're somebody that if you're in high school, you're in college, you're contemplating, you know, maybe, maybe let's say you've had another job, you're going to retire and you think, boy, it'd be fun to do some games now that I'm retired. Somebody on that end. It's all about just getting experience and doing it because you can't get good without practicing and without doing it. So I think that's probably the biggest advice I would give somebody is, you know, step in there, try it, see what you sound like, let somebody else hear it, let them critique you and, you know, point you maybe in a, in a better direction than you're going right now, but, but you can't do any of that without doing it. I appreciate that advice, man. Thank you so much. So that the sportscasters out there and the, the ones who want to be a radio show host or whatever it may be, listen to Bob Beeler right here. He knows what he's talking about. Make sure you go and just start it. Go and record your voice, go do something, get the practice. Cause it's just like anything else. You've got to get the reps. So, to finish up, we call this the Guru's Gauntlet, Bob. I'm just going to ask you three rapid-fire questions. Doesn't take long at all. Just you got to just just answer them the best of your ability. Quick questions. You ready for this? I'll try. <laughs> all right. So, your preference, if you could choose one, radio show host or play-by-play announcer? <laughs> that one's an easy one. Play-by-play in the game. I, I do radio show, but my passion's for calling games. So that that one's a very easy one for me to answer. Awesome. What's the best game you've ever been a part of or that you've ever called? Ooh, I could almost probably have to break it down in sports. The best football game that I've ever done here uh, was here in 2010, the opening game of the uh, 2010 season at uh, Redskins Stadium when Boise State beat Virginia Tech, a battle of two teams in the top 10. Boise State scores in the final minute and change to win the game. Kellen Moore to Austin Pettis in the back back of the end zone so I think I would probably if if forced to choose one game best game you know I, I think I would take that one for not only the magnitude of the game for how the game played out 
And if you could do anything else as a profession, since you've been doing this for pretty much your entire life, since you're your mid-teens, whatever, if you could do anything else, what would it be? If I had to do something else, I think I would probably like to teach broadcasting because I think then I would somewhat be in the game in trying to help other people get the same passion that I've had out of it. But I've been blessed. I mean, I've had a chance my entire adult life to do exactly what I wanted to do. So, um, you know, I think I think that teach it probably so that somebody else could enjoy it would be what I would do next if I couldn't do this. Just a side note, if you decided to do that, Bob, um, I'm joining that class. Even though I've graduated college, I'm coming back and doing something. So if you end up teaching one day, I'm coming to take your classes. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I hope it's not for a while, though. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we want you to keep calling games for quite a while. Um, Bob, I appreciate you joining the show with me today and taking the time out of your day uh, and your week. It's really busy, but uh, truly appreciate it. Hopefully, we can stay in contact in the future. And uh, do you have any other any, any last words you'd like to say? Well, just it's been a pleasure getting to know a lot of people in the Treasure Valley doing the games. It was a pleasure getting to know some of the kids in in your class and uh, watching them grow. Several have you know followed up like yourself and you know kept in touch and let me hear what they've been doing. So it's it's nice that you know you see other people have the same kind of passion you do. So hopefully you know you'll continue and others will continue and we'll get some good coverage of things here in the Treasure Valley. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. And we, we greatly appreciate you and all the advice you've given us. So appreciate you joining the show and everybody else who's been listening. This is the Game Time Guru. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before you leave, please head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it because it helps me out a ton. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support.